listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? It's your girl Jonan right here. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about noble fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game, and where they're now. Woo! I'm just so happy to be here today, as always, because, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of miss being in the studio and just doing TKO and just breaking down some good fights, actually previewing fights. I really miss that. I realized that ever since um, the breakdown, or should I say the preview, so the previews that we did before UFC 213, where we bro- uh, broke down all the skills and you know, the uh, the predictions for UFC 213, we hadn't really done any previews for um, the fight cards that we usually talk about here on CKO. So I said, hey, man, why not do another preview for UFC 214, which is coming up this Saturday, July 30th or 29th? I have to double check. It is the 29th. Yes. OK, I mixed it up with another event, which is on the 30th. But oh, well doesn't matter so ufc 214 this saturday july 29th man this card is so stacked i mean not just talk about the main card the preliminary card is pretty stacked the main card is pretty stacked i mean obviously we're not going to have time to talk about all of the fights that are happening but i really want to preview and break down the fights that are going to happen on the main card of ufc 214 because we have three championship bouts in the main card and we have you know we not only have champions defending their belts we also have former champions and just top contenders fighting on this card and it's just pretty amazing to watch and honestly i'm just so excited for this uh, for this fight this entire fight card and i cannot wait for it to happen and to actually take place so you guessed it we're going to be talking about that today on TKO. So yeah, man, that's what we have headlined for you today. But um, you know, actually this weekend, this upcoming weekend, we not only have UFC 214, we also have a few boxing events happening, a few major ones, and we also have Ryzen happening over in Japan. So um, you know how I said on July 29th we're gonna have UFC 214. Well, right after uh, UFC 214 ends you can just tune in to the fights that are happening in Japan because um, uh, you know in Japan because they're so many hours ahead of us uh, they're actually having the fights on uh, on the Sunday so July 30th and in their local time it's actually like you know evening uh, towards night so it kind of makes sense for them to have fights during that time but uh, our time so eastern time is going to be about 1 p.m uh, or excuse me 1 a.m that the fights um, the main fights on the rising card are, are going to start and you know i would say if you're a diehard mma fan and you just want to catch up with all the mma fights that are happening over this weekend you're not going to get any sleep my friends i mean i tried that once um over in december when it was um the this ufc card and the rising card and i just didn't sleep that night but it was let me tell you this it was definitely worth it because the fights were amazing 
And so, you know, I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to stay up the entire night and watch the fights, you know, all the fights that are happening. I'm definitely, I'm going to watch the UFC 214 fights because probably going to be awake um, during the uh, during the time that the fights are happening. But for Ryzen, I mean, I might just doze off here and there and just watch the watch the main event or the co-main event. But oh, well, you know, uh, there's going to be the pay-per-view uh buys and the event for the Ryzen cards so you can just um, go check it out you can buy it and uh, make sure that you check it out because um, you know I always like comparing um, the UFC and like the North American um, MMA fights to the um, the traditional Japanese MMA fights because I really like how Japanese organizations put so much emphasis on the show as well as the talent and the fight. And I mean, you don't always want to see that, but at the same time, it's just kind of pretty, it's just pretty entertaining to see. And it kind of brings in uh, like an, like a professional wrestling uh, sort of thing into it. And, you know, I don't always agree with it, but at the same time, I mean, it's pretty entertaining every once in a while. So, you know, that's going to be pretty exciting. And yeah, man, what are we waiting for? Let's just get started with previewing some fights on UFC 214. Yes, so as you might already know, UFC 214 is going to be happening in Anaheim, California. I mean, usually they have their big cards in Vegas, but I'm not exactly sure why they're having this one in California. Maybe just to just vary it up a bit. I don't even know. We should talk to Dana White. But I said that I'm going to be breaking down the fights that are going to be happening on the main card, and here we are. So the first fight that is going to be opening up the main card of UFC 214 is a light heavyweight bout between Jamie Manoa and Vulcan Ozdemir. Man, this fight is going to be absolutely amazing because you have the number three guy in the light heavyweight division who who was almost lined up to fight the current champion, Daniel Cormier. He was this close to fighting Daniel Cormier, Jimmy Manuel fighting another prospect in the division, Vulcan. And this is going to be pretty exciting because whoever wins this fight will probably get the next title shot um, in the light heavyweight division. I mean, okay, let's go through the division. So we have the champion, I mean, the current champion, Daniel Cormier. We have John Jones going to be fighting Daniel Cormier um, actually on this card as the main event. Um, who else do we have? We have, or should I say, we used to have Anthony Rumble Johnson as one of the top contenders in this division. But we also, what happened during his last fight with um, uh, Daniel Cormier, the champion, at the end of that fight, he just said that he was going to retire. So we're not exactly sure if he's actually, you know, considered a UFC contender anymore. But let's just keep him up, up there. But, you know, if... Uh, if he doesn't come back, if Anthony Rumble Johnson doesn't come back, then whoever wins this fight between Jamie Manua and Wolken Ozemir is gonna is probably most likely to get the next title shot against whoever's gonna win the championship belt on the same night on Saturday night. Um, so it's either gonna be John Jones or Danny Cormier. So that's that's pretty exciting and that's a pretty important point to point out. 
So let's get back to the skills that these guys actually have. So Jimmy Manuel, he's currently training um, in Sweden at the All Stars uh, MMA gym, where a lot of oh, actually, man, this is so random. But I just remembered another top contender in the light uh, light heavyweight division, and that is Alexander Gustafsson. And I remember that because Jimmy Manuel is actually Alexander Gustafsson's teammate. So uh, you know. Whoever wins this fight, let me rephrase that. Whoever wins this fight would probably get a title shot or uh, maybe like an interim title shot with um, Alexander Gustafsson. And whoever wins that fight, then they, w- they would actually get the chance to fight the the actual champion. Okay. I mean, that's just my own logic. Th- that doesn't mean that it's actually going to happen, but it logically makes sense when you um, just go through the the previous fights that these guys have had and, you know, yeah, all of those things. Okay, anyway, back to my point. So I was talking about Jim Manuel. So he, fu- uh, he trains in Sweden with um, the best light heavyweights um, in the game. And um, as you can already imagine, because he's a light heavyweight, he puts a lot of uh, focus on his striking and um, because his striking could be a pretty useful weapon of his because when he throws strikes, they could be extremely deadly. And if they if they do get absorbed by uh, Jimmy Manuel's opponent, then the opponent is definitely going to go down because um, these shots are pretty heavy. So Jimmy Manuel is a pretty, pretty good striker and he's also pretty good on the ground too. But at the same time, um, you know, it, it would be best that he keeps um, the fight um, in, in striking mode. And I'm going to tell you this because um, Volkan Ozemir is actually a pretty good wrestler. And from uh, just looking at the stats and the way that he's fought before, uh, uh, there's a high chance that he would just want to rely on his um, uh, previous experience as a wrestler and may be taking the fight to the ground. So if Jimmy Manuel actually wants to wrestle with Vulcan Ozemir, I mean, that's going to be the biggest mistake <laughs> of his life because... You, can, you, you just don't do that with a wrestler, you know, especially someone who's had so much experience in wrestling. But at the same time, Volkan Ozdemir, it's not like it, only his uh, wrestling and ground game is good. His striking is also pretty, pretty good. So I would say for Jimmy Manuel to come on top, he needs to constantly be dynamic in this fight. Just keep moving around footwork. He needs to keep up his footwork. And um, he needs to keep striking with um, Volkan Ozdemir and try to s- escape and just keep the distance, um, uh, the the range, the proper range with uh, Volkan Ozdemir so that he doesn't get knocked out uh, at any time. And it's the same with Volkan Ozdemir, except that, um, you know, even though I said that if he does wrestle with Jimmy Manuel, then, you know, Jimmy Manuel might not be successful. But in this case, I would say Volkan Ozdemir actually needs to use his wrestling because if he out wrestles Jimmy Manuel, then there's a huge chance that he's going to uh, dominate, uh, be, be the dominator in this fight. So those are the things that these guys need to pay attention to in, addition, uh, in, um, in uh, order to win this fight. For themselves. Okay, moving on to the next fight on this card. Man, this is a pretty exciting card. We have. Okay, so the next fight is a fight between Robbie Lawler and Donald Cowboy Cerrone for a welterweight bout. 
Okay, so as we as we already know, Robbie Lawler is the former welterweight champion. Actually, the current champion, Tyron Woodley, he beat Robbie Lawler in a you know in a, in a really weird manner uh, because Tyron Woodley actually knocked out Ro- uh, Robbie Lawler in the fight that he had with him, and you don't usually see Robbie Lawler uh, be <laughs> be be outsmarted like that, you know, because he's a pretty He's a brawler and um, he's a pretty tough fighter and you would think that he has a pretty tough chin So it was just really weird to see him get knocked out like that and just not have a good game plan against um, a tough uh, Contender like Tyron Woodley, but oh well he lost his belt and here we are He's currently the number three contender in the welterweight division and he's fighting Donald Calvi Cerrone who's had so many great wins on his um, on his record. And as of recent, his recent fights have been great. I mean, except for the last one that he's had uh, in which he just lost. But other than that, if you just look at his um, recent fights, <clears throat> he's been doing pretty great. And um, as of recently, he's been saying that he doesn't even spar anymore and that he just does, um, you know, heavy back work and just... Uh, just drills, just basic drills, and just keeps working on them over and over again. And uh, in his fights, the way that you see him fight, it's like as if he's just practicing with a heavy bag. So m- all of it, uh, I would say not all, but most of his strikes actually do uh, get absorbed by his opponents. And they're so accurate. It's as if he just, you know, just like I said, he's practicing with a heavy bag. And that's just pretty amazing to watch. So I would say, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what state of mind Robbie Lawler, Lawler is in because he won his championship belt. Uh, excuse me. He lost his championship belt. And, um, you know, is he mentally ready to go for this fight? And at the same time, we have to see what Donald Calvo Cerrone is up to because he he lost his recent fight. And, um, you know, has he been prepared to come to the fight to fight the former champion, Robbie Lawler? But in this case, I would say the fight needs to uh, the fight needs to be in um, striking mode because both of these guys are brawlers, and um, Robbie Lawler. In order for him to be successful, he needs to outbox Donald Cowboy Cerrone and basically tire him out. And he needs to also work on his cardio um, and try to go the full distance if he wants to win through decision because. Um, in a lot of his fights, Robbie Lawler, he's been successful if he did go uh, the full distance with his fights and just try to um, outsmart the other guy and his movements and just constantly move around and uh, throw strikes. And for Donald Cowboy Cerrone, the best way for him to win is to actually finish Robbie Lawler. Um, you know, it could be through a submission or through a knockout, but because we saw Robbie Lawler actually get knocked out in his previous fight against um, Tyron Woodley, uh, you know, it happened before, so it might happen again. You'll never really know. So this is one of the best chances that Donald Cowboy Cerrone has against Robbie Lawler, and that is to actually knock him out and finish him in this fight. Okay. Now moving on, oh man, so we're moving on to the three championship bouts that are going to be happening on this card. Okay, so moving on to the feather, for the uh, to the women's featherweight championship bout. 
So guys, okay, let me just give you a brief um, background thing on this one. So we all know that the um, UFC's Women Featherweight Division was just created. Um, and uh, for the inauguration of this division, we had Holly Holm, the former uh, women's bantamweight champion, fighting Jermaine Duraname, um a um, bantamweight contender. And so as they were fighting, this fight was obviously pretty controversial. And we've actually covered it here on TKO. But bottom line, Jermaine Durandamay won the belt uh, for herself, even though it was a pretty, pretty um, controversial decision. And so here's the thing. Um, Jermaine Durandamay or Holly Holm, they were actually assigned to fight Chris Cyborg, one of the deadliest and most dangerous women in MMA period and this lady Chris Cyborg she usually fights at um, 145 pounds at featherweight even though she usually it would be best that she fights at like welterweight or like 160 pounds because she's a pretty pretty big lady but she's extremely muscular but at the same time, because not a lot of MMA organizations actually have um, those weight divisions for women, she has to <laughs> literally, I mean, it's not funny, but she has to literally kill herself, just get herself so close to death to make the weight at 145 pounds, to lose almost like 30 pounds, 30 pounds of muscle and water. And just, I mean, it's pretty not good for her health, but she still does it because she wants to prove herself. This woman is a brawler. She's so tough. I mean, I really admire her as a person, as a fighter. She's so extremely talented. Okay, anyway, back to the point. So Holly Holm and Jermaine Duraname, you know, either one of them were actually supposed to fight Chris Cyborg. But a lot of things happened with Chris Cyborg where um, USADA, so the United States Anti-Doping Agency, were looking into her case because they were suspecting, okay, not quite exactly sure. They weren't sure that Chris Cyborg was up to something. They were just inspecting and investigating whether or not um, Chris Cyborg was um, using PEDs, so performance-enhancing drugs. And they were just looking into it, but at the same time, Chris Cyborg wasn't actually a lot to uh, fight anybody because her case was still under investigation. Okay, so the fight didn't happen when the uh, when the inauguration was supposed to happen with Chris Cyborg. However, Chris Cyborg has been cleared of her case and everything's cool and good to go. However, the thing is, because it had been almost like a year since Jermaine Durandame had won the Women's Featherweight Championship belt and she hadn't really had any... Um, any other fighters to defend it against. And when she was offered the fight with um, Chris Cyborg to defend her belt, Jermaine Duraname just said, nah, I mean, forget it. And so she basically um, rejected that fight because she, I mean, I'm not exactly sure if this is her own personal opinion or if it was an excuse or whatever. She kept saying that she's not going to fight Chris Cyborg because Chris Cyborg is a, quote, cheater. Okay, and um, because of that, Dana White and um, so Dana White, the president of the UFC, and so just basically the UFC, they um, they took the belt away from Jermaine Durandame. So Jermaine Durandame is not the champion anymore, and so the belt, um, uh, you know, the championship belt is uh, vacant. So it's just up for grabs for anybody. And now we have Chris Cyborg fighting her opponent from all, all the way from another MMO organization, Tanya Vinger. They're fighting each other for the Women's Featherweight Championship belt. 
Okay, <laughs> that was pretty long, but oh well. Let's just get to the fight here. So Tanya Vinger, a little bit, uh, a little bit of background about her. She is. Um, She's been fighting for a lot of MMA organizations, and this is actually the first time that she's fighting for the UFC. She used to fight for a lot of organizations, and um, as of now, um, she is the current um, uh, Invicta Bantamweight champion. So she's a champion at 135 pounds um, at Invicta. Invicta is a all-women's MMA organization. And actually, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, Chris Cyborg also used to be the women's featherweight champion at Invicta, but she had to just um, let the belt go um, because she actually wanted to fight for the UFC instead and get the UFC belt for herself. So she just had to let go of that belt. Anyway, so we have two... uh, talented fighters and just i mean i'm just running out of words because these two women are just so tough and this fight is the one to watch it's gonna be pretty amazing and so uh, these two are fighting chris cyborg um of the uh, of the mma fights that she's had in the ufc so far she's completely demolished all of her opponents and I mean, not to mention that she's fought in other combat sports as well. So she has a professional Muay Thai. Uh, you know, she's had a few Muay Thai um, fights on her professional record. And she's just done so many things. And uh, her grappling is on point. Her striking is on point. And um, she she initially started with um, shoot boxing in Brazil. So shoot boxing is just like um, kickboxing, but... I guess like a Brazilian version so it, it has like different techniques but pretty much the basis is just kickboxing so so she initially started out doing shoot boxing and um, her wrestling is actually pretty good too um, she's actually a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Tanya Vinger she's a deadly striker and everybody needs to watch out for her to be honest so chris cyborg is pretty pretty good in knocking out her opponents (laughs) whether you like it or not so tanya really needs to watch out for that really needs to if she if tanya wants to be successful in this fight she needs to keep her distance um, from chris and just be dynamic keep the uh, footwork up and just stay away from chris but she has to figure out a way to still um you know be offensive and um kind of be the aggressor but at the same time she has i feel like at all times she needs to be extremely careful because you never know when that one shot from cyborg is coming and you're gonna get knocked out so tanya needs to watch out for that and chris cyborg i mean (laughs) this woman (laughs) she's just invincible i mean I don't even know what to say because just like I said, her wrestling is on point. Her jujitsu is on point. Her striking is on point. Her cardio is on point. uh, Her power and strength and everything is just perfect. It's just on the dot. And um, I would say for her to be successful, I mean, just go ahead and finish, finish your opponent, Chris. Just go out and do it. You can, I feel like there's no way. I mean, I don't want to be biased in this, in in this case, but I feel like there's no way that Tanya is actually going to win this fight. Unfortunately, this is my own personal opinion because I feel like Chris Cyborg, there is no other person like Chris Cyborg in the entire sport of MMA. And maybe even in, in the entire uh, just combat sports, man. Because Chris Cyborg is just so special. And even though she's had so much experience, uh, so much MMA and just other combat sports uh, experience, 
No, not a lot about people actually know about her as they know, say, like Ronda Rousey, because she's been promoted a lot in the media and just everybody knows her as the, you know, uh, female MMA fighter. But we need to promote Chris Cyborg because she has a personality and she has a talent and she has a skill. So, yeah, man, <laughs> I mean, as much as I hate being pi- biased and f- uh, for fights and giving out predictions, but for this one, I would say Chris Cyborg is definitely going to win this one. And she's going to completely dominate over Tanya. I mean, sorry, Tanya. You're a great, great fighter. You're such a talented fighter. But <laughs> unfortunately, I have to go with Chris Cyborg in this case. Okay. Okay, moving on to the co-main event of the evening. We have the men's welterweight championship belt on the line. Just like I said, Tyron Woodley is the current welterweight champion at the UFC and he's fighting the number one contender in the division, Damian Maya. Man, this fight, whoa, this fight is going to be absolutely amazing because Tyron Woodley, he started out wrestling, but his striking is just out of this world especially in the welterweight division. We don't really see anybody else uh, who has as great uh, of um, uh, striking skills as Tyron Woodley. He's extremely technical, and his shots are extremely powerful and explosive. So I, I feel like that alone is going to help Tyron a lot in his fights, not just this fight alone, but uh, you know any fight that he's in. His fists and his punches are his best weapons. And yes, uh, we've seen him uh, do a lot of wrestling too and um, a lot of submission attempts. But his strikes are the, uh, you know, the, uh, I would say he has to be, uh, he has to have his strikes as the number one priority weapons, you can say. I don't even know what to call it, but yeah. And then he, Tyron Woodley is fighting Damian Maya, who has the best jiu-jitsu not only in the welterweight division but perhaps in the entire um ufc and so in this case you have the the ultimate battle between a striker i would say in this case because i have a feeling that tyron willie is mostly going to rely on his striking in this case in this fight so you have the ultimate battle between striking and uh, wrestling slash grappling so it's so obvious in this case, if Damien Maia wants to be uh, the winner in this case, if he wants to be the champion, he has to use his um, grappling skills and just go for that jiu-jitsu, man. He's, he has to take Tyron Woodley to the ground and um, just submit him. That's the only way he, he can win. And for Tyron Woodley to win, he has to use his striking and potentially knock out Damien Maia. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be pretty exciting to see what actually happens. But oh, well, there you have that. Okay. Quickly moving on to the main event of the evening. Obviously, the the greatly um, uh, most in- anticipated fight of um, this year, at least. Um, we have the fight between the rematch between Dan- Daniel Cormier and John Jones for the light heavyweight championship belt on the line. Ooh, okay, so D- Daniel Cormier, as we all know, is a fantastic wrestler. He's an Olympic uh, Olympic wrestler. John Jones. He's uh, his background is initially in Greco-Roman wrestling. However, he started doing um, Muay Thai uh, with um, uh, Winkle John Gym at New Mexico. So that's been pretty pretty good for him because as of now, as of recently, as of recent years, uh, John Jones's Muay Thai, especially just horrid knees and elbows, are the ones that people. 
uh, talk about a lot. So John Jones, for him to be successful in this fight, he needs to use the striking. He used to use uh, those vicious elbows and knees to potentially finish Daniel Cormier, even though Daniel Cormier has a pretty tough chin. But he needs to go for it. John Jones needs to go out and get it. He needs to go hard or go home. And for Daniel Cormier to win this fight, he needs to use his wrestling and potentially win this fight, either through decision to so either tire out John Jones or just take the fight to the ground, wrestle with him, out-wrestle uh, John Jones, and potentially, I mean, you never know, uh, just uh, go for the submission if possible. Okay, so that is all for UFC 214. Man, I'm just looking at the clock right now. That's all the time we're ha going to have for this week, man. I'm actually pretty sad because I wanted to break down the fights um, on the UFC Fight Night card, but oh well, we just don't have enough time. Okay, so make sure you watch UFC 214 on Saturday night. And you uh, please make sure that you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with TKO. And until next time, it's your girl Janon, and this is TKO. Peace out. Just